Julie and Matt here with another great resource from one of our friends. Parents, do you ever wonder how to teach your little ones about missionaries? Go tell everyone. Nine Missionaries Who Shared the Good News shows kids how missionaries throughout history have obeyed Jesus' command to tell everyone. This interactive board book introduces nine different missionaries such as Lottie Moon, Adoniram Judson, and Lilius Trotter. And it tells about the countries where they served. Ultimately, Go Tell Everyone helps kids understand that anyone can tell everyone about Jesus. To learn more, visit GoTellEveryoneBook.com. Again, that's GoTellEveryoneBook.com. You're listening to God's Big Story, a podcast for kids. Every week, we teach the Bible, sing the Bible, and talk about what it means with a friend or two. I'm your host, Julie, and I'm here with my co-host, Sean. I'm Sean. Hey, kids. Hey, wow, Sean. Can you believe we have already reached the end of season two of God's Big Story? It has been so fun learning about what happened after Jesus went back to heaven. Totally. We learned that after Jesus died, was buried, and resurrected, or brought back to life, He spent 40 days with his friends and followers, and then Jesus went back to heaven. That's right, and that's where Jesus is right now, in heaven, ruling the world at the right hand of God the Father and saving sinners all over the world. That's what we've been learning about this season, the actions or acts of Jesus by the Holy Spirit in his church. Yeah, yeah. Now, we've been talking about God's family, the church, a lot. And the church, remember, is just everyone who has ever loved and trusted Jesus. Yep. And Sean, did you notice that almost every story we talked about this season came from the same book of the Bible? What? It did? (laughs) Yeah. All but one of the scriptures we read came from the book of Acts. On the count of three, let's all say Acts. One, two, three. Acts. We've been talking about the Acts or things Jesus did after going back to heaven. And Jesus did do some pretty amazing things through the early church. He sure did. Do you remember some of those acts, Sean? Totally do. I would, um, there, well, you know, it has been a few weeks and life's been a little crazy. But, you know, in case some of our listeners have forgotten, why don't you go ahead and remind them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you don't remember, that's okay. Because I thought it would be fun to look back at some of the episodes from this season and do a little something we like to call... Wrap Wrap up and and review. We've learned so many amazing things this season that our brains just might explode. Mm -hmm. So in case you feel the same way, we thought we'd spend this episode talking about what we've learned so far, answering a few listener questions, and of course, playing a review game or two. Oh man, Sean, I'm so excited. Let's just get started. Yep. Is everyone ready? Set. (laughs) Let's go. Well, here at God's Big Story, you know that we love the Bible and we want you to love it too. In fact, we have something we say each week to remind us that the Bible is true. Have you learned it yet? Great, then let's say it together. The The Bible Bible is God's God's true word. word. It It is is from God God and about God and and it is true. That's right, good job. All season, we've been looking at a part of the Bible, which is God's true word, called the New Testament. Now, the New Testament has a total of 27 books, and we've been reading mostly from one, the book of Acts. Acts was written by a man named Luke, 
who also happened to write one of the four Gospels. Did you know, Julie? And would you like to take a guess at which Gospel Luke wrote? <laughs> um, I'm gonna go with Luke. Amazing. That's right. Luke wrote the Gospel of Luke and the Book of Acts. Well done, Smarty Pants. Why, thank you. I have learned a lot from the Bible this season and from our special guests. Oh, man, that's right. We've had some amazing and special guests. Uh, listeners, do you have a favorite guest from this season? I sure do. Now let's say it out loud on the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. Ananias of Damascus. Oh, Ananias, he was good. Yeah, this season we also heard from a theologian, a gardener, a news anchor, a craftsman, and a magician, just to name a few. Hey, speaking of our magician friend, Morgan the Great, have you seen her lately? I never got to say goodbye after her episode. It's like she just disappeared or something. Well, you know that girl. You never know where she might show up next. Well, Sean, before we get to our listeners' questions, did you have any questions from this season that you didn't get answered? Hmm, let me think about that. Well, I guess I have been wondering a little about sin. Oh, yeah? What about it? Well, we keep saying that the world was broken by sin and that Jesus is coming back to fix everything that was broken by sin, but where did sin come from? And was there a time where it wasn't here? And how does sin break things? I guess I have all the questions. <laughs> Those are really good questions. And I'm sure many of our listeners have them too. That's why we're going all the way back to the beginning in season three. The beginning? The beginning of what? The beginning of everything. We're going to learn about how God created the world, why he created the world, what went wrong, and much, much more, all from the Bible. Whoa, that sounds awesome. I can't wait, but I guess I'll have to, so I'll save my questions for them. Well, since you and I don't have any other questions, how about we answer some questions from our great listeners? Great idea. Let's do it. We have some great questions from our listeners. It's true. And maybe some of you have those same questions. So if so, listen closely, and Julie and I will do our best to answer them for you. Our first question comes from Merrick, and our producers, Brad and Ryan, are going to help us out by playing Merrick's question for us now. Let's hear it. Hi, my name is Merrick, and I am seven years old, and I live in Texas. My question is, um, what are God's miracles? What a great and important question, Merrick. If you're asking what a miracle is, a miracle, remember, is something amazing that doesn't normally happen that shows God's power. This season, we talked so much about miracles and the book of Acts. In fact, let's remember some of them together, okay, Merrick? God did a miracle in Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Spirit helped the disciples share the gospel in different languages, languages they did not know. And then there was a miracle in Acts chapter 3 when God used Peter and John to heal the man who was paralyzed. And then in Acts chapter 8, Simon the magician was amazed by the miraculous healing power God had given to Philip. And those are just to name a few. But let's not forget, Merrick, God taking someone who has a heart that is sick with sin and giving them a new, healthy heart that loves and trusts Jesus is just as amazing and miraculous as any of these other miracles. When God saves someone from their sin, he shows his power and does amazing things that we cannot do for ourselves. So every time someone gets a new heart that loves and trusts Jesus, it's a miracle. Wow, thanks for your question, Merrick. We sure hope that's helpful. Now, if you want to read more about miracles in the book of Acts, try reading Acts 5, verses 12 through 16. That's Acts 5, 12 to 16 with your family, maybe tonight. 
Okay, Brad and Ryan, it looks like we have another question from Wyatt. Fire away. How did the people back then know how to write about in the Bible? Yes. Ooh, another great question. Like we've said before in God's Big Story, we love the Bible and we want you to love it too. It's the main way God talks with us. So, fun fact, God used 30 to 40 different people to write the Bible over more than a thousand years. When people like Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John sat down to write the books that make up the Bible, they used their own thoughts and style, but they were guided or led by the Holy Spirit so that the words they were writing down were God's words. How cool is that? We know that God is in charge of everything and that God wants to talk with us. So he was in charge of every letter and punctuation mark the authors of the Bible wrote down. That means when we read the Bible, God himself is talking with us and the Holy Spirit helps us understand what we're reading. Thanks for listening, Wyatt, and for asking such an important question. If you'd like to know more, read 2 Peter 1, 16 through 21 at home. Next up, we have a question from Elias. Hi, I'm Elias, and here's my question. Um, if the Holy Spirit is a spirit, um, how can it actually do things not in the spiritual world? Yes, I love this question, Elias. You're doing some great thinking to come up with this one. So the short answer to your question is that God is in charge of everything and God made everything so the Holy Spirit can do whatever he wants. In fact, Psalm 115.3 says that God is in the heavens and does whatever he pleases. The long answer to your question is that just because we can't see something with our eyes doesn't mean it can't influence us or the things around us. So take the wind, for example. Can you see the wind? No, I mean, I can't. But we can see what the wind does, like the leaves blowing or a kite flying or waves forming and splashing in the ocean. What's different about the Holy Spirit from the wind is that the Holy Spirit is not a thing. He is the third person of the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. One God and three persons. And God is in charge of everything, things we can see and things we can't. What a neat way to think about the Holy Spirit. Thanks for your question, Elias. If you'd like to learn more about the Holy Spirit, try reading John 16, verses one through 16. Okay, we're on a roll. Our next question comes from our friend, Joy. Let's hear what she has to say. Hi, my name is Joy. I'm five and I have a question. Why was Jesus born in a stable? Thank you for your question, Joy. And hearing it just makes me think of Christmas and what I wouldn't give for a little snow right now. It is so hot outside. And on top of the heat, you know, wearing this mask all the time makes my face a little sweaty. All right, let's back up. Jesus was born in a little town called Bethlehem. The book of Luke tells us that it was so crowded in Bethlehem that there was no guest room for Mary and Joseph, so they most likely had to sleep and stay in a place that was also used to keep animals warm, probably a stable. And with no crib for a bed, the little Lord Jesus laid down his sweet head in a manger or, you know, a place where animals eat. For someone as important and special as Jesus, being born in the same place where farm animals were kept seems a little strange, even wrong, because Jesus is God. 
God is in charge of everything and including where his son Jesus was born. So Jesus was born in a simple, lowly place to teach us that even though he is the most important person to ever live, he came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life to save sinners. Jesus is the perfect example of a lowly servant in the place where he was born, a stable, and in the place where he died on the cross. Joy, thanks for your question. You know, it just reminds me of Christmas and that means Christmas Eve services and decorating the tree and singing Christmas carols. By the way, nice job, Sean. Nailed it. And of course, playing in the snow. Joy, if you would like to learn more about Jesus's birth, read Luke 2 anytime you want to, maybe with your family. Now, Julie, that was so much fun. Our listeners ask such great and thoughtful questions. You know something? What's that? They're all theologians too, because they're thinking about God. That's right. I'm so encouraged, Julie. Hey, would you mind praying for our friends, Merrick, Wyatt, Elias, and Joy, that they would love and trust Jesus, that they would grow in their love for the one true God and tell others the good news about him? I sure will. Father, thank you so much for Merrick and Wyatt and Elias and Joy. Thank you that you made them, that you know them and that you love them. Thank you that you gave them minds to think about who you are and that you sent Jesus to save sinners just like them. I pray that by your Holy Spirit, you would open up their minds to understand who you are and that you would give them hearts that love you and trust you all the days of their life. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey parents, are you looking for an inspiring read for your little ones? Well, we've got something special for you. Introducing Kids in the Bible, a storybook Bible about God's children. This new book by Caroline Saunders features a collection of 33 captivating stories from the Bible, all centered around kids, just like yours. Ever wondered about the adventures of young Miriam, Samuel, or even a certain young Jesus? Kids in the Bible takes you on a journey through the lives of these remarkable children, showcasing how God's big plans unfold through even the smallest of us. Each story is a treasure trove of courage, faith, and the boundless love of God. Whether it's a young warrior's bravery or a girl who defies death or the miraculous journey of a baby who changed the world forever, there's something for every young heart to connect with. So parents, if you want your kids to discover the wonders of the Bible in a fun and engaging way, visit kidsinthebiblebook.com today. Let your little ones be a part of God's special plan to bless the world. All right, we have reviewed season two, answered our listeners' questions. Now it is time to play a game to see what you've learned. You know it. You love it, and we call it Five Second Fly Through Review. Come on, play our game with us. You know how it works, but this time we're going to mix it up, true or false style. Watch out. We are going to make seven statements, and you will have five seconds to decide whether what we said is true or false. When the timer runs out, let's shout out our answers, true or false, together and see if you got it right. Okay, everybody. Are you ready? Because here, here we go. Number one, true or false. One of the ways that the Holy Spirit helps God's people is by giving them new hearts that love and trust Jesus. That's true. true. 
Number two, true or false? On the day of Pentecost, there were lots of people who wanted to hear what the disciples were saying about Jesus, but couldn't understand them. False. That's right, the Holy Spirit helped the disciples speak in other languages that people understood. Number three, true or false? The church is God's family, everyone who has ever loved and trusted Jesus. True. True. Number four, true or false? The apostles were disciples of Jesus who saw him resurrected from the dead and who had been given special power from God. True. True. Number five, true or false? Simon the magician was great and powerful, as great and powerful as God. False. No way. God is in charge of everything, including Simon. Only God has all power. Number six, true or false? The Holy Spirit guided and helped the people who wrote the Bible so that their words were God's words and exactly what God wanted them to say. That's true. True. Number seven, true or false? When Jesus comes back, God is going to fix everything that was broken by sin and the church will live with God forever. True. True. Phew. How did you do? Did you learn something new about God today from the Bible? Or were you reminded of something good, true, or beautiful that you already knew? Now it's time to live like it's true. This week, make a list of all the things you and your family do at church. Then talk about how God uses those things to help us and to save sinners all over the world. God uses his family, the church, to work with him and join his mission. Okay, as we close out our time, let's play some fill in the blank. If you're at home, grab a piece of paper and something to write with. Don't worry, we'll give you just a second. And if you're in the car or on the go, no problem. Just listen or answer out loud. Okay, everybody ready? Let's fill in the blank for these three statements. Knowing that the church is God's family shows me that God blank. Next one. Knowing that the Holy Spirit can give me a new heart that loves God makes me blank. I know that makes me so happy. And lastly, one thing about God I want to know more about is... Fill in the blank. If you need to listen to those questions again, that's okay. Take your time. Whenever you're done, try sharing your answers with a family member or friend, maybe over dinner. How about you and I show them how it's done? Ooh, great idea. Uh, Let's see. Knowing that the church is God's family shows me that God is loving. God is so loving to make me his son and you his daughter and to give us a family, the church. He is, and knowing that the Holy Spirit can give me a new heart makes me hopeful. God has given me a new heart that loves and trusts Jesus, so even though I still sin, I'm hopeful because I know that God has forgiven me and I will get to be with him forever. We've all got reason to hope. Yeah, we do. As we finish up our time together, let's worship God through a song that reminds us that God is good. 
listening to God's Big Story. For more information or details about this show, be sure to check out this episode's description or visit tbcresources.net. And tune in next season to God's Big Story. See you again soon. For season three. Wait, too much? Way too much. Okay.